tell you what, God's good. He's faithful. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. It's crazy times, isn't it? Anybody else feel like it's just crazy? Anybody feel like it could get crazier? Is anybody tired of fear being shoved down your throat? Can I say this real quick? Anything that has you scared to death every single day of your life, being scared of your neighbor and your family, does not come from God. Not one bit. And I know you, I've heard the arguments on the other side that has not come from God. Perfect love has cast out all fear. All fear. Jesus has triumphed over fear. We are people that live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. But the reason why so many Christians are in fear is because they're walking by sight. And you're feeding your fear and therefore it grows. Craig Rochelle says, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. It's time to let the fear starve. It's time to start feeding our faith. Church, God placed us here this time in 2020, right here on 3rd Street for a reason. This is our time to shine. This is our time to show the world what hope looks like. This is our time to live in faith. This is our time to be grateful and thankful for everything that God has done. I know 2020 has been difficult for various reasons for folks. We always want to talk about the virus, but we don't want to ever talk about the people who are suffering depression and overdosing and can't get their care for their cancer and that are losing their jobs. There's just been a lot of bad things that happened this year. But can I tell you that nothing comes to our hand without first, in, first passing through the hand of God. Amen? Nothing comes to our hand without first passing through His hand. And I was looking at the numbers tonight before... I came out here, and I mean, we're baptizing again. Is this number 20 for 2020? Number 20 for 2020 that we're baptizing. And tonight, as we kind of inch towards one of my favorite holidays, because it involves eating, and a lot of eating, and a day where you can be like, have your little cheat day. Anybody like eating Thanksgiving food? Anybody enjoy that? Stuffing and... Turkey and any cranberry sauce people out here? No? No? I enjoy it. We we had one person that was brave enough. I'm a cranberry sauce guy, too. I like to mix it all together. It it all goes to the same place anyway. But at this time, usually we're, we're focusing our attitude and we're focusing our perspective on gratitude. So let me read a passage of Scripture to you, and then let's just focus on gratitude. I opened up with all of this tonight. Because we have so many Christians that have buried their face in their phones and in their televisions and have not fed on the Word of God. They've forgotten how good God is and how faithful He has been. We don't spend time in prayer. I'm as guilty as anybody else. I want to know what's happening now. What's happening? It's been a couple hours. What's happening now? What's going to happen now? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? How about tonight we focus on the one who is good and he's faithful and he's worthy of all of our praise. It's time for us to get back on the saddle. 
We have given too much attention to the things that the enemy are doing that we've almost forgot what God's already done and he's going to do. And this is what the scripture says in Psalm 100. And this is going to be a uh, participatory message as well. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, check this out. Know that the Lord, what is he? He is God. Say that with me. He is God. Come on, everybody say it loud. He is God. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless him. For the Lord is good. 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 Church, I know it seems like everything is bad, but can I tell you something about my God? He's a good God. The Lord is good. His good and His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. And I want to call this message tonight, just because we give titles, My Plate is Full. My Plate is Full. There's usually a negative connotation when people say that, talking about, I'm, I'm so busy, I mean, my, my plate is so full right now. Well, let's flip that on its head. It's going to be a positive thing by the end of this message. Obviously, the Jews pinned this psalm to be sung with thanksgiving as they were bringing their thanks offering to God. So let's just bring it back tonight as we come in here. Let me just ask you point blank, okay? I haven't preached in a long time, so it feels kind of weird. I feel like I'm trying to learn how to ride a bike again. So we're going to get through this tonight. I'm going to ask you point blank. Do you, and this is what my, my dad used to say when I was younger, do you have an attitude of gratitude? <laughs> do you? You grateful? How many of you wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm so thankful. I feel so good. I've learned something as I get older you can hurt yourself in your sleep. Do you know that? I didn't know that that could, because usually I could go play sports. I could run into fences playing softball. I could play tackle football all day. I could wrestle. I could do whatever I wanted to do, and I wake up the next day, man, I was feeling fine. I'm ready to go. Of course, when I woke up at noon, because that's what you did as a teenager. Now, I do nothing all day but sit at a desk. Then I lay down at night and go to sleep, and I wake up at 6.30 in the morning going, dear God, I think I'm dying. So that's the way I start my day most of the time. But do we, do we have this attitude of gratefulness of what God has done for us, that we're, that we're thankful? See, it's about a perspective flip tonight. Because I know it's been hard over the past year or however long you've been dealing with whatever you're dealing with to be grateful and thankful for who God is and what God's done. Because most of us, instead of being grateful, what do we spend our time doing? Complaining. Have you ever noticed that you don't have to teach your kids how to complain? Anybody ever noticed that before? I never had to pull Beck aside and sat him down and, like we were in an episode of Full House and been like, Beck, your father's going to teach you something right now. When you don't like something in life, even if we worked really hard for it and we went to the store and spent our money so that you can survive, you just complain about it, son. You tell me how much you don't like it. This is what I've learned about kids. You don't have to teach them how to complain. And with my son, 
I see this, well, with kids nowadays anyway, it's like you can never do enough for them. Now, I love my kids to death, but this is the one aspect where I understand now why adults have heart problems as they get older when you have little kids. Because it seems like you're like, okay, it's like we go to Universal Studios this summer and you get to swim in this awesome pool, stay in this awesome hotel. Your mom, uh, your, your dad, your Mandy and my mom, we all drove all night to get to Florida. And you know what? You should be grateful for it. But they get back from Universal Studios and they go, well, what are we doing next? <laughs> what, what now? And, and Beck, this, he's so cute when he does it. It's hard to be really mad. He's like, Oh, I'm just not going to have any fun today. Dude, you were at Universal for 10 hours. I think you had some fun. Or you put, have you ever put food in front of your kids and what do they do and not like it? Any parents ever get frustrated with that? Hmm? Any of you mamas or you daddies ever worked hard to make a meal and you sat it down in front of the kids and they go, I don't like that. I tell Beck and Piper, you are going to learn to like that because we will sit here for the next 24 hours until every bit of that is gone and then I'm like dear God I sound like my dad right now <laughs> you don't have to teach them how to complain but it doesn't just happen with kids we walk around every day complaining about everything in our life I do that I need a heart check tonight I don't know if you need a heart check I need a heart check tonight I got a complaining problem and here's what I've learned complaining is giving praise to the wrong God Complaining about your life. Because here I am. Here we are together. Here we are tonight. You're baptizing your daughter. we got these amazing things happening. God's got us this far. The world may be a wreck, but here we are together. And I can find something to complain about. That's the perspective, the lens that we're living our life through right now. And the Bible even says that out of the same mouth, because we come into church sometimes if you're really good at pretending of course this year's kind of wore us down enough Blake where we're not as good at pretending as we used to be but we used to come into church because I grew up in church I was born in a pew my birth certificate was written on a hymnal I mean I was in the church my entire life so I've seen all kinds but we'd come in and we'd come in and sing songs and bless you brother God bless you great to see you it's a great day in the Lord peace and grace and everything be unto you and then right when they get out the door they're complaining about something the Bible actually tells us that out of the same mouth, praise and cursing, my brothers, this ought not be so. It doesn't work like that. So tonight, let's remember we got things to be grateful for. We got a God to be grateful for. And instead of complaining about what we don't have, okay, we all are lacking in areas in our life that we wish were filled. Amen? How many of you wish you made more money? Lift your hand up. You wish you made more money? Okay, we're lacking there. How many of you wish you had internet, Joey? Do you wish you had internet? Okay. A brother can take care of you on that sometime. All you, you got to do is stop by the store, man. You know, faith without works is dead. All you got to do is come by the shop. I'll get you a couple of internet. You know what I'm saying? But how many, of you, how many of you are lacking in areas of your life? And it's easy to focus on what you don't have. Now, there are things in our life that we have to grieve that we lose. Because you lose a loved one, nobody's going to tell you, like, hey, just suck it up and get over it. You've got to grieve those things. But I find myself complaining about areas in my life that I lack instead of focusing on what God has given me. Be grateful for what I do have. Yes, I would like to make more money. Yes. I would love to move out of the state of Illinois. I would love to move out of the state of Illinois, but God with his shepherd's crook always brings me right back here every time. I've tried to move three times. 
Tim, Brittany, you're coming back. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. Everybody tries to leave. They already, they are, they're coming back. You, everybody comes back, you know. You come back right here to Metropolis because God's not done with Metropolis. And it don't matter how. Everybody's like, I don't know if I clap for that. I don't know if I clap for that. I can't clap for Metropolis, but I'm going to clap for Metropolis. This is where I grew up. God keeps bringing me back because God's not done. God's not done with Third Street. And I do spend a lot of my time complaining. I don't feel good. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like doing it. Why is this always happening to me? Why can't I ever get a break? We even take that into the church. It's like God won't do this for me and God won't do that for me. We're here, but we come in as people who've been defeated because we've just got this perspective of defeatism and complaining and whining and griping. I mean, I'm there. That's where my heart's at. I mean, there's a lot of things to be frustrated with right now. But there's even more things to be thankful for and grateful for. There's even more things to recognize right now. To have an attitude of gratitude, to learn to praise our God regardless of our circumstances. We wait on our feelings to praise God and to thank God and to bless God and to serve God. When I feel it, I will do it. I was taught that you need to learn how to act your way into a feeling instead of feeling your way into an action. Even if you don't feel it, even if you feel like you don't have the strength to muster up to praise God, just start doing it. Watch what the Holy Spirit begins doing through you. Even when you don't know how to pray, you take time to sit down and pray. But I don't know what words is the Holy Spirit starts praying for you. We have, we have taught this generation, if you feel it, do it. No, you do it. You do what's right. and You let the feelings follow it. We come into church tonight celebrating a good God, a Jesus that has risen from the dead. And it doesn't matter if I don't feel it. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus is alive. And I have a reason to worship tonight. It doesn't change anything. We come to give praise to our God, and praise is calling attention to God's glory. That's why we exist. You, you, know, what, you know what I'm most frustrated with, and you guys heard me speak on this. I'm more frustrated with churches and Christian people over the last year than I am, even with the world, because the world's going to do what the world's going to do. You know? I'm really, I'm really, really frustrated with that, but I may be wrong, too, so I don't know. This is not a time for me to get up here and just release all my feelings to you all. But God deserves all of our glory. We exist to glorify God. That is our whole purpose, our whole being, is to glorify. And glory, it basically means giving weight to God. It has several different definitions, but one of them is giving weight. And so when you come in tonight, just imagine a scale. What are you giving weight to? What are you giving weight to? Corona, political party, governors, losing my job, depression, heartache, pain, and so we come in all lopsided, Blake, because we're giving weight to all the wrong things. And you're like, well, I don't worship that. Then why are you spending all your time thinking about it and focusing on it? Have you been saved? When you start giving God glory, 
and seeing who he is and how good he is and how faithful he is and how victorious he is and how much he reigns and the earth and the fullness thereof belong to him, it outweighs everything that you've been experiencing in your life. This is why I'm encouraging you tonight. You've got to fix your focus on the right thing. It's time to tip the scale again. We come in here tonight to give God glory and to worship him together. There's something powerful. You can do this alone, and you should do this alone. You should worship God alone. And worship is a lifestyle. It's not just something we do, obviously. Okay? It's who we are. It's who we are. But there's something special that happens when God's people come together and they focus on the glory of the Lord and they lift him up and they say, may you increase and we decrease and watch what God does. You guys have experienced that. So we have an action of our praise. He said, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. These people recognized that God's presence was a privilege. That's the way it worked in the Old Testament. It's not like you exist right now. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, the presence of God is with you at all times. His presence was a privilege, and there was even areas they couldn't access because he's so holy. Had they accessed it, they would have fell over dead. And now we have the presence of God with us all the time, Ashley, and we take it for granted. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. And you're all like, what kind of joyful noise do I need to make right now, you know? This is like a war cry. A shout of triumph over our enemies. We are victorious. We have already, or we are already on the side that has won this war, even though the battle rages right now, but we cannot forget that. And we got far too many Christians that have given up. They've gotten off the horse. They're not back on the saddle, for lack of a better analogy, at that moment. They've forgotten that they are on a victorious side. So when we come in, it's like, I just don't feel like doing it. Boy, but you sure do feel like watching the news for three hours. Boy, I just don't feel like doing it. You sure do feel like figuring out ways that you can do your gaming for six hours that day. I sure don't feel like reading God's Word, and I sure don't feel victorious. Well, maybe if you got off of Facebook for a few hours... I mean, is it not true? You know, Blake, you can say this all day long, but still we go home and do it. Don't you want something to change in your life? You are a victorious people. If you're in Christ, you are victorious. We used to sing it back in the church. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. But you know how many churches I belong to that were like, Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. I wish you'd hurry, cause I'm hungry, and I want to get something to eat. But at least Blake's not preaching, so we'll get out a little early. I'm just, the Spirit impressed that upon me right there. Victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. But a guy can take a pigskin across the line, and we're like, waving the towel, taking our shirts off and painting. Now, don't do that in church, okay, all right? I'm not telling Bernie to come in here next week and be like, Pastor Brian, you know, we don't want none of that, okay? But where's our joy, a joyful noise to the, to the Lord, all the earth? Where's our shout of victory? 
knowing that God reigns. And because he reigns, we're not going to lose. Even if we do die, even if death takes me tomorrow, guess what? I'm still victorious because I've crossed over to the other side and I don't have to deal with this world anymore. We are a victorious people. We need to get our mojo back. Come into his presence recognizing who we are in Christ and who he is. And I ain't victorious because anything that I do, there is nothing about me that's victorious. I've been in two fights in my life, and they didn't go well, okay? There's nothing about me, but the God who lives inside me, he is. If he can conquer death, he's worthy of my worship. We come into his presence, and we serve the Lord with gladness, not begrudgingly. You know, come in, it's like, well, I've got to, Got to hold the door tonight. <laughs> Y'all come in this church right now. I've never seen anybody do that, but I, I know my heart when I complain. Y'all come in here. here. Here's your coffee. You know, take your coffee and get on out here. No, Greg, you were very happy when you did that tonight. Bringing those cookies around, like serving the Lord with gladness. Serving the Lord. <laughs> no, we come in and we serve because it's a happy people. You know God's a happy God? He's a happy God. It's a happy people serving a happy God. The fact that we even get to serve God and be a part of his story should amaze us. So we come into his presence with, with joy, with victory. We come in and we serve him with gladness, and then we come into his presence with singing. And that's what we did tonight. But when's the last time, Ryan, I can't sing. It said make a joyful noise to the Lord. It didn't say make sure you were on key, Okay. When's the last time? Have you ever had a moment? You're riding in your car <laughs> and you're listening to a song and you just start getting emotional, worshiping God. Have you ever had a fun fact about me? You don't even know this about me. I like to sing in the mirror, in the shower. But I've, ha I've had those moments yeah, with, my, with my brush, you know, <laughs> like I'm an American Idol. No, but I've had those moments like where you're just in your house and, and the Holy Spirit overwhelms you and all you can do is start singing to God. Even if it's not the best, all you can do is start singing because he's, he, he, he deserves it. He's worthy of our praise. I've had those moments where God is so overwhelming and you just feel like I need to sing to him. My dad told me this the other day. He said he was having his quiet time and he was just having this moment with God, and he said he felt the Holy Spirit impressed upon him. The Lord was like, will you play, and will you sing to me? And he, and he did it. He talked about what kind of a moment that was with God, just being in his presence, singing of his goodness. I know you're going through a lot, but man, worship has a way of changing your perspective about life. This is our action. We're a joyful people. We've got to get our joy back, folks. And listen, I'm, I'm kind of going off the rails a little bit of my message tonight because we have got to get our joy back. People are looking in all the wrong places for hope right now. They need to see people that know that we're victorious. I don't like everything that's happening. I don't like everything that's happening. I'm nervous about some of the things that might happen, but at the end of the day, God is still in control. He is still on the throne, and I can have joy because of that. I can come into his presence with his people or by myself singing. I love to hear my son does this all the time. He was in the other room. He didn't know I was there, 
And Beck was just going, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you... And I just listened to him sing for a couple of minutes. He learned that here, by the way. And I hope that's something he takes with him later on in life, to learn how to sing. That's our action. Then we got the object of our worship, obviously. Know that the Lord, he is God. Know that the Lord, he... He is God. He is the object of our worship. It's hard, it's difficult to worship the king without knowledge of him. You have to know that the Lord. If you don't know Jesus and you come in and sing songs, it's just platitudes. You still give him glory by your very existence. That's what the Bible says. But it's hard for you to worship if you don't know him. Do you know him? I mean, we used to say this in school. Do you like him or do you like 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 him? No, do you know him? Like know him, know him. Do you, I mean, no, do you, do you know Jesus? Let me ask you a question. Were you dead in your trespasses and sins and you've now been made alive in Jesus Christ? Do you know him like that? Were you blind but now you see? Do you know him like that? Were you deaf? And now you hear? Do you know him? Were you lame? And now you walk? Do you know my Savior like that? Have you called upon the name of the Lord and said, Jesus is Lord, because I believe that he's alive from the dead? Has your life been radically changed? Were you on drugs? And now you're a brand new man going to baptize your daughter tonight. Do you know him like that? Know that the Lord, he is God. He is God. Government's not God. Your problems aren't God. Corona's not God. God is God. God is over all of it, and in him all things hold together. Do you know that God? Do you know him? Do you? Has he radically changed your life? From the inside out, not that you've gone through hard times, not that you don't have struggles, but I'm talking about have you had your life radically changed by him? You know the Jesus I'm talking about, right, Bernie? The one that went into a tomb and everybody thought it was over and the devil was partying, but three days later, that Jesus, that king, that savior got up out of that tomb and he triumphed over death. Do you know that savior? Maybe the reason why you have no joy and no gratitude is because you don't know the Jesus that the rest of us do. And you know what's amazing? The invitation's here tonight. Well, what about what I've done? Let me tell you about the Jesus that I know. He wipes all of our sins away. He's the same Jesus, by the way. He ate with lepers. He didn't socially distance from them. He ate with them. The unclean, he ate with those kinds of people. They said that he eats with sinners. That's the kind of Jesus that I need because I am one, right? Doesn't matter what you've done, where you are right now. It doesn't matter how far you ran. He is here now. You repent of your sins. You confess him as Lord. He'll radically change your life. He is God. Know that the Lord, he is God. Go back to that scripture. Go back one. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I belong to Jesus. I am his. Amen. 
and he is mine, but he is Lord, and I am not. He is the object of my worship. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I don't know about you, it gives me some comfort to know that I belong to that pasture, right? Because of who God is. Know that the Lord, he is God. Do you know him tonight? He is the object of our worship. Let's talk about the perspective. Our perspective. Scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You ever heard that song? Enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Nobody going to sing with me? All right, you going to just leave me up here to be like, you know, like I'm doing a Kentucky Opry show right here. Is that what you're going to leave me up here doing? Everybody know that? You know that song? Sing it with me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in my... Okay, all right, right. So we just talked about like being joyful and you can be loud. And why don't we just clap our hands real quick? Do you know that? Enter his gates with thanksgiving in... What will we say? I will say this is... I will rejoice. Okay, stop. I forgot some people didn't grow up in the church like you. They're like, what are they doing? I will clap my hands. I don't really know that song, but I'm writing some good ones tonight. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. They got to enter in through the gates. They were bringing their thank offering. They were bringing that into his presence. Of course, Mac, the Holy of Holies is still cut off. But they entered into the gates with what? With what? And that's not a turkey and some mashed potatoes and a big old pumpkin pie. I'm sure God likes that too, you know. Might find that at the marriage supper of the Lamb, that he really likes pumpkin pie because pumpkin's in everything now. They would enter into his gates with what? Gratitude. They'd bring their offering of gratitude, for lack of a better term. Let's just bring it down here. They enter into his courts with praise, give thanks to him. But they didn't have complete access to him. That's why we need to learn to enter our day with thanksgiving, because you have access to the throne room. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you can boldly approach the throne of grace because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And we're not bringing some offering like they were that might have been some grain or some animals or anything like that. We're bringing our lives to him and saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. So you enter in. Enter into your day. Your perspective change. You enter into your day with gratitude. You bring your gratitude. It says, enter his courts with praise. And it says, give thanks to him. So you enter in with your gratitude and you give God your gratitude. You might have it with just tucked away in my heart. God knows my heart. It's just right here in my heart. It's in my heart. It's an unspoken prayer request. It's right here in my heart, which is fine. It can be in your heart. But express your gratitude to God. Pretty funny, huh? You bring your thankfulness. You bring that attitude of gratitude into your day and you tell God, thank you. There's a, it's a major difference when we wake up in the morning and we're just like, God, thank you for another day. We come into his presence saying, God, thank you for this. God, thank you for being who you are. We have a grateful perspective. 
And you know why? Because of the last verse, it said, For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. This is why I can have a grateful perspective. This is why I can enter into his presence on a daily basis and say, You know what? I can be grateful. I can be thankful because, Lord, you are good. You are good. And that love, that steadfast love, that lasts all of eternity. God, you are good. And your faithfulness, when everything else might let me down, your faithfulness goes out to all generations. I can be grateful for that. I can be grateful, God, because of your faithfulness. I came to know you. I'm a part of your pasture now. I can have that kind of perspective, but I know what a lot of you are thinking. Okay. Well, you don't know how hard things are. I kind of do because God allowed me to drink from a pretty bitter cup. I know what it's like to, to live in that and not even want to get out of it. And know that you, you feel like you're never, ever going to see anything different. That the world's just this awful place and people can't be trusted and God's really not good. And maybe what you're thinking tonight. You're thinking, I wish he would hurry up and shut up so we could get to this baptism and we could get out of here and I could go order some dominoes right now. But God's not really good. I don't have anything to be grateful for. What has God ever done for me? You ever been like this? God, you always do stuff for them. Like, why you always bless Blake, God? What is it? Because he got bigger muscles than I? I mean, what is it that he does that you always bless Blake and you don't ever bless me? I can't even get my taxes back. And, you know, Blake, they got their taxes back. That's a true story, by the way, but I've never thought that about Blake. <laughs> Maybe you ever thought that? Why does it seem like you're blessing everybody else? Why does it seem like everybody else has the world going their way, which it really doesn't? It's really not true. People struggle. Everybody struggles. But maybe right now you're like, I have nothing to be grateful for. But I would submit to you that your plate is full, and you have plenty to be grateful for. So let's have some dinner together. And I'm almost done. Now, as a bachelor, when I lived at Tim and Brittany's house, this is how I ate my dinners. Now, my dinners usually consisted of something that I would pull out of the freezer and put in the microwave, and then it'd be scalding hot, you know, like Hot Pockets, the molten lava that's inside of that. And I didn't take time to make a huge dinner here, but for the sake of the illustration, just go with me here. You do have things that you are you can be grateful for. So, right here we got our proteins. You might be a vegetarian, that's okay. But how many of you enjoy a good protein? Steak, chicken, pork chops, things like that. You got your things, and you got your vegetables. Things that are, you know, necessary for life, right? I mean, you need protein. You need vitamins. Of course, with most vegetables that I ate as a kid growing up, they cooked all the vitamins out of it. So, you know, you, you need those things. You'll have some good fruit. you got your proteins, things that help you be strong. You know, the vitamins, the nutrients that you need for your body. Those are the necessities that we have in our life. And I guarantee you that every one of us have a reason to be thankful for the necessities that God has provided for us. Now, hear me. Everybody look at me. I am not telling you tonight to thank God and to worship, to worship the gift, okay? 
You hear me? We worship the giver of the gift. This happens in Christianity sometimes is where we get more focused on the benefits. It's like that, that child that really doesn't want to work that job, you know. They want the benefits of the job, but they don't want to put in the work for the job. We, we don't worship the benefits. We don't focus on the benefits. We, we, we focus on the giver of our gifts. But I guarantee you, you got some necessities. And I can guarantee you, everybody in this room right now has something necessary that they can be grateful for. You know why? I see all of you. And it looks like everybody's breathing. I mean, the, the fact that I I've take that for granted so much that I wake up another day, I get to talk to my children, I get to get up and move and breathe and live the necessities. Well, I need to make more money, Ryan. I, I don't make enough money. Has he supplied your needs? Because I don't remember, Mac, that scripture saying, my God shall supply all your wants according to his riches and glories. He says all your, all your needs. It doesn't mean that it might not get better financially. It doesn't mean that you don't need to take a Dave Ramsey class to get better with your finances. But you got something to drive. If you got a place to live, if you've got family, if you've got friends, if you've got breath in your lungs, well, my health ain't great, but you're still here, and God's still got you here. You have a reason to be grateful as you move into this holiday season. That family that God's given you, and there may be some folks that have situations where they don't really get along with their family. They're struggling with their family. They, they don't, you know, they had these issues happen. But listen, God's given you a family right here. And I can tell you, and the reason why I can say that, and I'm just talking real with you all. Sunday morning, they're going to get my polished message, and we're going to get out of here. But with you all, I'm going to be real with you tonight. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I'm grateful for this church. I didn't realize it was a necessity for me because I used to come in, and I used to pout, and I used to sit in the back, and I used to want nothing to do with anything that you all were doing. I only came here because my parents pastored here and I didn't want to make them look bad in this town, this small town that has big mouths. I didn't. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, we all know how that goes. That's how Metropolis rolls. That's all right. We're here to change that. But I didn't realize the, ne the necessity you were for my life because people here, I went through something so bad, didn't trust church people a bit. So what did God do in his infinite wisdom? He stuck me around more church people. <laughs> I was like, you don't have any idea what you're doing. But no, he knew what I was doing. Because I can tell you, three and a half years later, here I am sitting on your stage preaching to you tonight. You guys mean the world to me. And I do have a great family. I have a wonderful family. From grandparents to aunts and uncles to cousins, all of them, they're wonderful people. But I am so thankful for the family of God that he has given me. And my life has radically changed. And I can promise you something, if God's brought you to this church, and I'm not just plugging this church because I'm, I'm not on staff here. I don't, get, I don't make more money by saying this. But if God plants you here, you're in a good place. The people that are legitimate, don't listen to the haters out there. Haters are going to hate. That's just what they do, okay? You know, not, not every situation is always the church. There's people out there that complain about this church that's been to 17 different churches. And maybe they're the problem. It's not the church, you know? Don't listen to them. I promise you, if you're planted here, God's put you in a good place. These are the necessities. What are the necessities in your life? Well, you got breath. Right? You got breath? Yeah? Did you eat today? 
I mean, what is the statistic? They say that, you know, living in America, we're part of what percentage of the richest people in the world compared to the rest of the world? Like 3%, the top 3%. I mean, compared to what people do all over the world. You know what some people do for church in other parts of the world? You don't know how good you got it. And this is a necessity. By the way, church is necessary regardless of what you hear. It's necessary. We need each other, okay? We need each other. It's necessary. But in other parts of the world, they risk their life to go to church. I'm pretty grateful that I don't have to hand Joey a flyer behind my back and say, man, we're meeting over here tonight. That we can just come and we can gather. So we got our necessities. We got our proteins. We got our vitamins. We got those things that we need. And then, oh, man, we got the sweet stuff. Rice Krispie Treats, sugar cookie. Those are the sweet things that God gives us in life. You ever had any of those sweet things happen to you? In life, some of you men better say amen because you are way uglier than the woman you married, okay? You need to say amen. You need to be lifting your hands and saying, thank you, God, that she likes personality and didn't like my looks, that she even wanted to be with me. Ladies, don't, 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 don't take that. You know those sweet things that happen in your life where you get a bonus? where something good happens, where God blesses you with something, where God gives you a new car, where, you know, where you're blessed with something unexpected in life, those mountaintop experiences, those sweet things, those getting up on the stage on a Wednesday night and proposing kind of sweet things that happen in your life. But we can't always have the sweet things. Too much sweets, it's bad for you. Makes you lethargic. Makes you inactive. It's bad on your body. And I think on this side of eternity, the reason why that we don't always experience the sweet things, the mountaintops, is because we would take it for granted. And we'd get to a place where we felt like we didn't even need God. But man, what about those sweet things that have happened in your life? Those good things. What about that sugar cookie in your life? (laughs) What about it? Are you grateful for that? Then we have our grapefruit. I love grapefruit, by the way. Anybody else like grapefruit? Grapefruit is bitter. Those are the bitter things. Well, Ryan, why would you put that on the plate? Why would you put something bitter? Well, grapefruit's good for you, number one. You know, it's like it's good for your heart. And you can ask somebody in medical school or you could Wikipedia yourself if you want to learn all the reasons why grapefruit is good for you. But it is good for you. We don't always like to taste. Or if you like, drink some apple cider vinegar in the morning. I got guys around me, they take shots of that like every single morning because it's good for them. It's not the most pleasant thing to most people. And those bitter things that's happened in your life, those things that you've gone through that have been so bitter, that didn't taste good, can I tell you something? Listen to me. You should be grateful for them. Look at me. You should be grateful for them because you needed them. They were good for your life. The bitter things that you tasted. The bitter things that happened in my life, it's not until recently that I've recognized they've actually been good for me because there's some things about myself that's changed because of the bitter things that I took. God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Well, Ryan, I'm in a bitter thing right now. Listen, you need to understand that God's doing something. 
It may be difficult right now. Listen to me, people. In 2020, we're all experiencing the same bitter cup together, but I can declare to you on the authority of the Word of God that God is doing something. And we're going to get down the road and look back at that bitter thing and see that we needed that to get to where we are now. So God, even though it was hard, it was difficult, I didn't want to do it, I wish I hadn't done it, God, thank you for that bitter cup that you gave me because look at where I am today because of your goodness. We can be grateful for those bitter things that he's given us in our life. The sweet things, the necessities, the bitter things. And as I sit down tonight, I got reason to be grateful. You know why? My plate is full. My plate is full. I'm not lacking in anything. God's given me good things. He sustained me through bad things. And God supplies all of my needs every single day so I can declare it. The Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Ryan, what if it gets worse before it gets better? Well, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I have a Jesus who walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death so I can fear no evil. He is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. Listen, I can be grateful because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So my challenge to you tonight is we're going to sing and then we're going to baptize. My challenge to you tonight is I want you to think about the things in your life that you're grateful for and I want you to worship God. Have you been, have you been saved? Have you been, are you breathing? Do you have your children, your family, your people around you tonight? Are you with your church family? You have a reason to be grateful. Has God brought you through some things? You've got a reason to be grateful tonight. And that's why we come in worshiping, worshiping him and thanking him for being so good. Because I promise you, every one of you, when you look down at it, you've got a full plate as well. A full plate. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for loving us and we thank you for just never leaving us nor forsaking us. We thank you for giving us hope. We thank you for full plates. We thank you for providing our needs, and we thank you for those unexpected blessings that's happened in our life, God, and we even thank you for the bitter things. Most importantly, we worship you, God, as king. You are holy, and there is no one like you. And God, I just pray that the joy of the Lord is our strength tonight, especially for the one who can't even muster up any joy. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. May we fix our focus back on you and have a grateful perspective and be thankful because our God still reigns and our God saves. Our God saves.